Argument of St. John Chrysostom on 1 Corinthians, Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Homilies of St. John Chrysostom on 1 Corinthians, translated by John Henry Newman and others. Argument. As Corinth is now the first city of Greece, so of old it prided itself on many temporal advantages, and more than all the rest, on excess of wealth, and on this account one of the heathen writers entitled the place the rich. For it lies on the isthmus of the Peloponnese, and had great facilities for traffic. The city was also full of numerous orators and philosophers, and one, I think, of the seven, called wise men, was of the city. Now these things we have mentioned, not for ostentation's sake, nor to make a display of great learning. For indeed, what is there in knowing these things? But they are of use to us in the argument of the epistle. Paul also himself suffered many things in the city. And Christ, too, in the city appears to him and says, Be not silent, but speak, for I have much people in this city. And he remained there two years. In this city also the devil went out, whom the Jews, endeavoring to exercise, suffered so grievously. In this city did those of the magicians who repented collect together their books and burn them, and there appeared to be fifty thousand. In this city also, in the time of Galileo, the proconsul, Paul was beaten before the judgment seat. The devil, therefore, seeing that a great and populous city had laid hold of the truth, a city admired for wealth and wisdom, and the head of Greece, for Athens and Lesomon were then and since in a miserable state, the dominion having long ago fallen away from them, and seeing that with great readiness they had received the word of God, what doth he? He divides the men, for he knew that even the strongest kingdom of all, divided against itself, shall not stand. He had a vantage ground too, for this device in the wealth, the wisdom of the inhabitants. Hence certain men, having made parties of their own, and having become self-elected, made themselves leaders of the people, and some sided with these, and some of those, with one sort as being rich, with another as wise and able to teach something out of the common, who on their part, receiving them, set themselves up forsooth to teach more than the apostle did at which he was hinting when he said, I was not able to speak unto you as unto spiritual. Evidently not his inability, but their infamy, was the cause of their not having been abundantly instructed. In this, ye are become rich without us, is the remark of one pointing that way. And this was no small matter, but of all things most pernicious, that the church should be torn asunder. And another sin, too, besides these, was openly committed there, namely a person who had had intercourse with his stepmother, not only escaped rebuke, but was even a leader of the multitude, and gave occasion to his followers to be conceited. Wherefore he saith, And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned. And after this again, certain of those who, as they pretended, were of the more perfect sort, and who, for gluttony's sake, used to eat of things offered unto idols, 
and sit at meat in the temples, were bringing all to ruin. Others again, having contentions and strifes about money, committed unto the heathen courts all matters of that kind. Many persons also wearing long hair used to go out among them, whom he ordereth to be shorn. There was another fault besides, no trifling one, their eating in the churches apart by themselves, and giving no share to the needy. And again they were erring in another point, being puffed up with the gifts, and hence jealous of one another, which was also the chief cause of the distraction of the church. The doctrine of the resurrection, too, was lame among them, for some of them had no strong belief that there is any resurrection of bodies, having still on them the disease of Grecian foolishness. For indeed all these things were the progeny of the badness which belongs to heathen philosophy, and she was the mother of all mischief. Hence likewise they had become divided, in this respect also having learned of the philosophers, for these latter were no less at mutual variance, always through love of rule and vainglory, contradicting one another's opinions, and bent upon making some new discovery, in addition to all that was before. And the cause of this was their having begun to trust themselves to reasonings. They had written accordingly to him by the hand of Fortunatus and Stephanus and Achaicus, by whom also he himself writes, and this he has indicated in the end of the epistle, not however upon all these subjects, but about marriage and virginity, wherefore also he said, now concerning the things whereof he wrote, etc. And he proceeds to give injunctions, both on the points about which they had written, and those about which they had not written, having learnt with accuracy all their feelings. Timothy, too, he sends with the letters, knowing that letters indeed have great force, yet that not a little would be added to them by the presence of the disciple also. Now, whereas those who had divided the church among themselves, from a feeling of shame, lest they should seem to have done so for ambition's sake, contrived cloaks for what had happened, their teaching forsooth more perfect doctrines, and being wiser than all sorts. Paul sets himself first against the disease itself, plucking up the root of the evils and its offshoot, the spirit of separation. And he uses great boldness of speech, for these were his own disciples more than all others. Wherefore he saith, If to others I be not an apostle, yet at least I am unto you, for the seal of my apostleship are ye. Moreover, they were in a weaker condition, to say the least of it, than the others. Wherefore he saith, For I have not spoken unto you as unto spiritual. For hitherto ye were not able, neither yet even now are ye able. This he saith, that they might not suppose that he speaks thus in regard of the time past alone. However, it was utterly improbable that all should have been corrupted. Rather, there were some among them who were very holy. And this he signified in the middle of the epistle, where he says, To me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you. And adds, These things I have in a figure transferred unto myself and Apollos. Since then, from arrogance, all these evils were springing, 
and from men's thinking that they knew something out of the common this he purgeth away first of all and in the beginning saith end of argument